Hello, my lovely people. This is your ray of sunshine. And this is your star, no, superstar, Lauren. (laughs) Dog lover, too. (laughs) Yes. And today we have a wonderful guest, Nick. Hello. (laughs) And let me, just so I don't butcher your last name, it's Masalaris. Masalaris. Yes, Yes, I got it. Between the two of us, it's better if Lauren attempts to pronounce his last name, even though we've known him since, like, our freshman year here. It definitely, not many people can pronounce it the right way, so it's it's always a challenge. Yeah. Well, speaking of challenges, we were wondering about your experience in camera directing and producing, your insight on that. Because we admire how well-rounded you are in all aspects of video production, too. I mean, this is the first time I've seen you this semester. You're always busy. And, like, helping out with different projects. It's great. I commend (laughs) you for that. Good job. I'm I'm always busy. I, like, rarely spend time in my dorm. I'm always out and about and just doing different things. I was like, no, next year you don't even need housing. (laughs) I know. I was like, no. You're you're committed. I like that. I'll find somewhere on campus wherever I'm studying. (laughs) You just live in the comm building. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, The elusive basement. (laughs) Yeah, you're dedicated. There is no basement. Nope, no no basement. I love how you're dedicated to your job. I love that. Not sure if your wife will one day, because she'll want to spend more time with you, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah, that's that's a future conversation. No, it's just like, your future wife just is at the place where you work, so you always... Oh my gosh, (laughs) no. (laughs) But let's talk about the present. Absolutely. Yeah, the future is a little scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And exciting. Yeah. So what's a recent project you've done that you're really proud of your work in it? Oh, a recent project. Ooh. Um, wow, there's, there's so many different things. <laughs> you're probably like, well, which one are you talking about? I was, oh. like, I was like, do you want the one from yesterday or the one two days ago or the one three days ago? Or <laughs> yeah, the one? No. Tell us about it. So, okay, so I, one stands out to me really well, um, and that was, so one of the classes I'm in is cinematography and lighting. Um, so it's a 3000 level comm class. And so we go over kind of advanced cinematography, working with cinema cameras and like advanced lighting. Um, one of the things we recently worked on was, um, it was, it was right before Halloween and we were like, what better to do than a slasher film? And I'm not the kind of slasher film kind of like person. I'm like, I'm not really feeling it, but you know what? It's a group thing. And so I was like, why not? Um, so a bunch of us got together, um, we got sent to an off-campus house that no one knew that we were gonna be there, (laughs) except for this one person who forgot to mention it to the rest of his housemates that we were gonna be there, and Mm so, you know, we're unloading, we have, like, eight boxes of equipment out already, (laughs) and, like, we're set up in this dude's driveway, and he comes out and he's like, who are you? (laughs) And we're like, oh, we're here for the film shoot, and he goes, what film shoot? And I was like, oh... It must be the, so there's an abandoned building right behind us, right next to, and it's a university-owned house, so it's like, it, in traditional High Point fashion, it's like a weird house, an abandoned house, and a university-owned house. So it's, <laughs> it's always interesting. And so I was like, oh, we're about to shoot in the, because all I'm doing is I'm just doing camera and technical. And so I'm like, oh, we're about to shoot in an abandoned house. I did not bring gloves. <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, and he's like, yeah, you probably don't want to go in there. There's squatters in there. And I was like, ah, yes course there is what better (laughs) so i'm like oh dear 
Um, These are the things they don't tell you about in class, right? You might have to come across a squatter. <laughs> you might have to come across a squatter and work in an Yeah, but turns out, thankfully, someone else came up and they're like, no, 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 they're shooting inside our house. Sorry, I forgot to text everyone. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so we proceeded to spend six hours shooting this. Um, it was a two-part thing for our class. So one group had to film part one, one group had to film part two. And so we kind of, the the objective of the the assignment was like, someone would shoot and then swap the footage well we decided to be one big super group and so we all helped each other because our goal was a little ambitious so it's a slasher film where this um this big guy um goes in and kills um our first victim well it's victim of many it's a serial killer but in our film the first victim um, it was Parker Newman. Of course, <laughs> so, that's great. Yep. So oh, and really so he, he channeled it. It was it was <laughs> awesome. But like, there was fake blood. There was we we threw furniture around. Um, there, he was suffocating himself in a plastic bag. You, <laughs> oh, you're dedicated so to your skill. And so here I am filming the whole thing, and I'm like, this is so weird. But just keep going. <laughs> it was fun. Um, and so we're we're moving around throughout the house because um, Parker tries to escape. Um, and our guy comes back and he's wearing this big hood as well. I should mention that it had, um, we wanted to make it look super dirty. So what they did was it looked like they lit it on fire, but what they, and then like ran over it with their car a few times. No, it was just coffee grounds. And then they cut out little eye slot. It was the scariest thing in the world. And like, even for me, he like walks up to me. I was like, Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) And so, um, so Parker tries to escape and he gets to the kitchen, but that's when the serial killer stabs him in the knife with a knife um, in the kitchen. So it's this action-packed thing. Well, then part two picks up um, with our lead actress coming in. Um, and she comes into the kitchen, sees um, the slasher, uh, like just finished him up, screamed and runs. And so it's where we picked up. She kind of ran outside the house and down the side of a street ran into a couple trash cans and then just runs across the street. And so as we're filming it, we didn't have that much. We we knew what we wanted to do inside the house and everything, but we didn't want to didn't know where we wanted to go outside the house. So we were literally making the story as she ran. And so as we're doing so we have like ten takes of her falling onto the ground and <laughs> running into trash cans. And every time I'm doing this, I have a big gimbal with the camera. So I have to run out into the street. This is a busy two lane street. And so we have spot at the in the middle of the night. It's like the sun set like three hours ago. So it's like dark. And on top of that, it's raining. No kidding. <laughs> no. Oh no, almost. Um, and so and all we have is just street lights. So we had phone flashlights out. Of course, we didn't think about bringing anything more than that. We weren't thinking about running into the street. I almost ran, got ran over twice. Um, but you have spotters for that. So we were doing dumb things really smartly. So and the only reason why I almost got run over is because I crossed the yellow line. And we hadn't stopped traffic the other way. So after that point, we stopped traffic both ways. But we would wait for clearings. And so um, we finished doing this running out of the house shot. It's a super elaborate one-take shot. We could have cheated and made it three and been done in ten minutes. But we wanted this one really cool shot. Well, I turn around after we do all this. And I look. And lo and behold, there's a cemetery literally across the street. Like a couple hundred yards over. (laughs) So where does the story go? In a cemetery. It was the creepiest thing in the world. The mm-hmm. gate was open, and it literally, as we're walking, it goes, uh, a gate open, sunrise, the sunset. And I'm like, we are a few hours behind, so I guess we're okay. <laughs> like, the gate's open, the gate closed on us. 
<laughs> like an hour later it closed. So we're like, great. Luckily we didn't bring our cars in. Um, and so we were able to just go around the fence. Um, I was like, you have this one really big fence, but then you just have a hole right next to it. Like just fence ends, pedestrian walkway, fence starts, big fence. And then, yeah. Very I was like, effective. this makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, that was creepy. And of course you're doing it in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and there's screaming involved in slasher films. And so we're sitting and the neighbors are like, yeah, we're going to get cops called on this. So, um, but <laughs> it came together really nicely in editing and stuff so much so that, um, we are going to submit it to some film festivals at the oh, end of the year. So, so that's why I bring up the whole thing because it was yeah. such a long process. It was a group of about eight of us, um, by the end of it, there's a lot of VFX work. There's a lot of, um, Foley sound effect, all sorts of stuff. So it's all come together and we were just like, it, it came out way better than any of us thought. Um, and so the professor was like, you do realize there's like multiple film, like, uh, festivals you can submit this to and so we're like hmm so we're cleaning it up right now reshooting a few different things and then we're definitely going to be submitting it so we think we have a pretty good chance yeah that's awesome I actually did hear about that announcement recently so that's cool that you bring that up because uh, I just think it's very awesome that people are talented enough to submit to competitions like that well it really it was something that was like this was a class assignment and a lot I think a lot of people discount class assignments as like I'm gonna make it and then I'm just gonna delete it off my computer, just chuck it into a random folder I'll never see again. But it's like, the class assignments are a great way to kickstart something that can be turned into something better. I mean, you're already going to push yourself and try to get the A out of that um, assignment. So it's like, just a little bit more effort than that can get you into film festivals and things like that. So um, we're shooting for another class, a Toyota car commercial ad. And so we want to challenge ourselves. We want to do something that we hadn't really done before since a lot of us on our team have done narrative work, even though we're all MPE. So we haven't done commercial work yet. Um, That's a lot of us are taking that next semester. And so for us, it's like we haven't done a commercial before. So we have a full script. We have pre-production stuff through Gorilla set out and everything um, because that's the classes that we're doing. And so the class is pre-production and finance. So it's budgeting, scheduling, all of that pre-production stuff using Gorilla software, so it's the industry standard, hmm. um, and so it kind of adds on to everything. But not only do we want to do a commercial, we want to do something different, and so we haven't seen a lot of students do things like car commercials. Wow, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, we're, we're we're talking about getting drones, we're getting talking about cranes, we're getting talking about GoPros. I bought gecko mounts, which gecko mounts are these big suction cup mounts that can cling onto the side of cars. Oh, cool! And all sorts of stuff, and so it can. You can hold a big camera on it, so um, so that hopefully, that, that, that's one of the things where it's like we're going to do it really well so that we can like put it on our reels. So especially all of us being juniors, um, just kind of that's perfect time to put something like that on a reel, so... Well, I can't wait to see how it turns out, because that sounds really intriguing. It does. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned before that usually when people are working on class assignments, of course, their overall objective is, okay, I want to shoot for the A, I'm going to do the best I can to get a good grade in this class. But how would you say that class assignments, such as such as your film projects, which you're describing, how do they c- compel you, I guess, to further explore your talents and use your imagination and just transform it into something bigger and more exhilarating. Yeah, so I talk to a lot of people, um, prospective students as well, because I'm always at the open houses. I do tours for the School of Communication, um, going in there just kind of informally. And so um, a lot of people are like, 
well, I don't know what to create. And I'm like, well, one, you can just start creating now. Literally anything that you feel like doing. You know, if you want to create something about um, your favorite hobby or sailing, I know you're into that, you know, <laughs> create a documentary about that, things like that, fashion, all of that. Um, just create, create about the things around you. It, it doesn't matter if it's super niche and people are going to look at you weird. Why, why, did, why does that matter? So, um, and just creating, and then you can show like, just constantly trial and error, just trying things out. You don't know until you try. Um, but then a lot of people go, well, I don't have time. I was like, well, what production classes are you in? And typically it's like, oh, we're in a bunch of different production classes. And I was like, well, why can't you create through that? Because you're creating anyways. And so just push a little more, go for that extra couple miles. Um, or really by the end of it, by the time of the stuff that I see, it's like, just push yourself just a little bit more. And there you have like awesome real stuff. Cause I think a lot of people go into like, okay, this is a class assignment. The only people who are going to watch are my professors and other people in the class. So like what, maybe 20 other people. Um, so just that kind of little bit more, um, you can just do so much with that kind of stuff. So just like kind of how we're doing with uh, that slasher film and then what we want to do with like our commercial. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. How do you recommend for someone who is wondering about how to create and that kind of thing, whether they're just recently getting into it or they've just hit a rut and they have experience, to push for the extra mile? Like what state, steps do you take personally where you're like, okay, this is how I know I'm going to make this better? Yeah, so I think a lot of it is just like um, just writing down the ideas that you have all the time because it's a lot of people are constantly thinking about stuff, but when they try to actively think about, okay, this, what do I want to do and think actively about it, I think that's when most people feel like they're in a rut, but a lot of ideas and stuff can come just from like everyday activities or just like when you're interacting with other people. So I'll typically write that kind of stuff down and I look back at everyone's while and I'm like, no, that's not really anything or that's not, eh, um, just kind of filtering it out. But other things is like, um, it, it really comes from like your personal life and stuff. Um, I did, um, I, I was heavily involved in my church, middle school, high school, and still even now, um, in terms of meet of video production and broadcasting and stuff. And so when COVID hit, um, I helped set up a broadcast system, like a multi-cam broadcast system, control room, all that stuff. So we could take, cause you couldn't meet in person at all at the beginning True. of COVID. Yeah. And so we went from not having, um, a broadcast to having a six camera broadcast in a couple weeks over the summer. Um, and just this, the amount of stuff that required for that was just insane. But, um, I would see other churches fail or just all sorts of stuff. We, we were, we were lucky that we were a large church, um, and we still had funding coming in, whereas a lot of churches funding stopped, mm -hmm. um, and it just dried up. And so they just ran out of money and some of them closed. Um, and so that was something personal. And so last fall, um, myself and a couple others, I reached out to other people and I was like, here's something that I've kind of noticed and stuff. <clears throat> and I, <clears throat> sorry. And so okay. I, I don't see, I don't it's see a lot of, season. oh my gosh. Yeah. Sinus issues. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, this is an issue that I see. And I was like, it'd be really cool to highlight this for other people to understand. Cause a lot of people were like, why are churches struggling or churches aren't struggling? They always get money even through COVID and stuff. So, um, so we kind of took that personal thing and a lot of us noticed that as well. Um, and we went out and we interviewed, um, pastors, congregation members, volunteers, all of that, and created a, 
um, like 40 minute documentary out of it. So and we ended up submitting it to River Run. Um, we didn't win anything, but it was just being able to submit it to River Run was really cool under the university's name. So yeah, that feels like an accomplishment in itself, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I bet the church was very happy to be like, "Hey, we know a guy. His name is Nick. <laughs> He's gonna help us survive." <laughs> I have I have gotten numerous job offers from churches in the area based off of that documentary. See, there you go. Yeah, it's all about networking, isn't it? it, It's about networking. I met a lot of really cool people about it. Um, And then to have that on my personal website or professional website um, of just being like, well, here's something I did that and people can go and watch it. And they're like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, And then also paired with like stuff that like, okay, wow, he's doing all this other stuff as well. So Um, that's another thing. It's like having a professional website or portfolio online. That's that's massive. I mean, you never know what job opportunity that you accept and you excel at can get open the door for other ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you briefly just mentioned now a website portfolio. How would you recommend someone going about setting one up? Yeah, so, um, you know, nowadays employers are going to Google your name just straight up and they're either going to come up with something professional, something extremely personal that you don't want them to see, or something where you're drunk. Um, it's just that, that <laughs> is what it is. Um, and so... Um, having something that you can kind of get in front of it. So like if you were to Google my name, um, very specific results are going to come up. Um, so it's going to be my website first and foremost, it's going to be my LinkedIn and it's going to be several university, um, articles and then maybe my professional Instagram. Uh, and that doesn't take the time just cleaning up stuff and a couple other news articles. Um, but having that website at the top, because most people are just going to click like the top two or three. So if that top two or three is like your LinkedIn, your website, and like a professional social media page, that's kind of really all you need. And so I make a website through Wix. Um, I like the the interface and I like how I can, it's not like a block system where you just add a block, add a block, add a block. And it's like, no, but what if I want this block over just a little bit? Well, no, you got to make a whole new block. And it's like, no, it has to be aligned a certain way. So Wix lets me move everything exactly, kind of like Photoshop and things like that. Oh, cool. um, and so it's split out. First thing, bright pops up a photo of me, description about what I do and everything. And then I have tabs that take you to broadcast experience, um, video production, and then a contact page. And so, and then under each one, um, so like broadcast experience, I split out. Uh, I record myself whenever I'm directing or doing other positions on broadcast um and so i can take the finished broadcast that aired i can add in my camera overlay and um that people can see me doing that so then they understand it's like okay here's what he's doing not just like a finished product and it's like did he really do that or is he just swiping it from someone else um or it's like or how did he accomplish that sort of stuff um, and That's then really smart. Yeah. productions you know if i have this behind the scenes stuff on top of including the link if I can put together like a behind the scenes thing. So sometimes I'll record with 360 cameras. I just, they're so small, you can mount it on top of your main camera and you can see the whole crew working, so yeah. That's really cool. And when recording recording yourself, um, like, you know, basically completing the entire process, how is that beneficial going forward in terms of what employees look for when hiring? So it's beneficial not just so that employers can see you, but also you can improve on yourself. So that way, um, when I started directing, I never looked at the multi-view screens in front of me. I just buried myself into the into either my tablet or the papers that I had because um, I'm lining my director script 
with camera cues and all sorts of different marks. So um, I would solely look at that. And I realized really quickly um, when I reviewed it, and I didn't think I had an issue with it, um, but someone else made a comment about that. And I was like, well, let me look at my recording. I looked at it and I almost, the like over 95% of the broadcast, I was just looking down on my tablet. And so I was able to learn from that to look up at the multiviewers, kind of split my time. Um, and more of that comes with time and everything. You get more comfortable with it. You don't need your script as much. Um, you don't use it as a crutch. And so um, I can learn things like that. But then also for employers, and this works for anything. This works for talent. This works for any crew position. Um, I've seen some people, they'll put a GoPro if they're a crew member that is versatile and moves a lot or camera operators. They'll just grab a GoPro or their camera and do like a mount on their chest or head. Um, talent, they'll prop it up against a wall or something. Um, but um, it can show the employers it's like, you know, what are you doing prepping for it? What are you doing like in the moment? How are you overcoming challenges? Because um, a lot of that kind of stuff you don't see. How you're communicating with teams, so how, how collaborative are you? Are you sitting there yelling at people to get things done or are you having a conversation with them? Um, just that kind of stuff, your temperament. And so what are some things that you're looking at and what are some things that you're like looking forward and as well as like what you're handling, how you handle it, things like that. So it kind of just gives like a broader picture about you. Right, and when you talk about like the aspect of directing, there are some directors who seem to have a misconception that yelling at their at their team is the most <laughs> effective way to convey their point and get them to to perform in the best manner possible. But why would you perhaps disagree with that? And why would you say like having a conversation is more conducive to the, their well being? So I always approach things as, especially in communications and productions and things like that, it's um it's a very collaborative field. And so, sure, you could yell at your crew, but you're not gonna last long. Uh, and some people do, that's their style. So everyone has their different styles. Um, so, but, you know, everyone's bringing a different type of expertise to the table. Everyone's bringing a piece of the puzzle. And together, and mostly producing and directing, like that, it's your job to fit all that together. And so it's not very conducive for someone to just start yelling and stuff that's downputting people. Other people aren't gonna comment as much um, and so that way you can be more collaborative. So right before a broadcast, meeting with all your crew, running through, okay, here's, here's everything we're doing, here's things like that. That opens up times for crew to suggest things or ask questions. Like, I don't really understand like my camera move at this segment um, or things like that. Or what, what exactly do you mean here? Um, but then also um, you feel more approachable. So during the broadcast, People aren't scared to talk their headset of like, hey, what do you mean by this? Or hey, I'm having an issue with that. Because so, instead, if you're yelling at them, they're like, I don't want them to yell at me more or something because it's like I can't find X file or I noticed something missing or things like that. And so really just building kind of collaborative thing because we're all at the end of the day, we're all working together to make something like great. And so um, that way I found a lot more results out of that. Not that I would used to yell at people, but just, <laughs> but just understanding that kind of stuff and like, um, okay, this is how I should do it, that sort of thing. Um, it just really opens up a lot more for a team and helps make people feel more of the team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I have just one final question for you. So when it comes to producing and directing, I'm sure there's specific places where you really get a really good shot and you and your team are just raring to film it. 
but you might have to get permissions from a certain person or possibly a company, depending on where you're going, to film footage at a specific location. So how do you go about doing that if you've run into that? Oh, dear. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you can just do the gorilla option of just like, well, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> oh, um, no. But it's definitely, it's, um, I've run into this a lot with doing drone operations um, lately. So I've been doing a lot of drone work for different companies. Um, and so sometimes it's easy, like the university, when I did the grand opening of the arena, um, you know, they just straight away gave me permission. The only caveat was, and this is a law, don't fly over the crowd. I was like, you can't fly over people. That's a, that's a law from the FAA. And so, and I don't want to lose my license for that. Um, yeah. Especially cause that test is hard. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, it's hard, but you, you know, if I, I really wanted that. So I, I worked hard for that, but, um, I was like, yeah, I'm not letting that slip for something like that. Um, but even though you could get a really cool shot, um, so some places are like that, that's super easy, but then there are times when, um, I've had police come up to me before and they're like, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's knowing what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. Um, and so, and just being respectful, but then, um, some things that I do is I try to do my research about, um, so say for example, I need to film um, at a certain location, but the only shot, the only way I can get it is being on someone else's property. So I'll try to figure out who owns that property. How can I get in touch with them and just let them know like, Hey, this is me. And at that point that really kind of comes into how you're going to sell yourself and sell what you're doing. So instead of just being like, Oh yeah, I just, I need to get on your property. It's like, well, why? <laughs> well, it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot video of something. They're like, well, no. I feel like if you're They're like, I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about that. But yeah. if you say, so like, this is who I am. I'm shooting. I need to shoot a video of, of this or that for this project. And just talk, kind of talking really quickly. Most of this is over phone, sometimes over email. Um, it's just appearing professional and just being like, this is, this is, this is the project, basically. This is what it, I mean, it's not like I need to keep secrets of anything. Um, and so at the end of the day, it's them saying yes or no. And so... I found that if I um, am genuine with them and I'm like, this is what we're doing, this is what we're hoping to do with the film and things like that, you know, is it okay, that sort of thing. Um, not been turned down for that yet. So, no. And there's some people where it's like, mm, uh, how about not that day? And so it's like, okay, sweet, what works around your schedule? Um, and so that way we're inconveniencing you the least. And so in things like that, it's like, yeah, I don't want to come in and just like it's it's your place. Um, I'm not pushing you out of it, so I want to come at your convenience. So yeah, I feel like if in certain places in, here in the south, if you were to be like, "Oh, hey, I'm coming on your property to film," they're just like, what "I have, do you mean? <laughs> I have in deep southern Georgia um, walked onto someone's property. I didn't notice that, and it really was something like that. It was <laughs> like, "What are you doing on my property?" I'm I'm like, "This is your." Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to cut through. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that humorous note, we will end this particular episode of the podcast. And it was such a pleasure learning from you and your experience and just having you brighten up our podcast. Of course, <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I certainly learned a lot. And I can't wait to see your slasher film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In that yeah. car commercial. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the slasher film will push it out. Um I think we're looking towards December um, 
for that because that's when the film deadline is and so and we're, we're busy so we're like so I think we're gonna work on it um we are working on it now so we're hopefully gonna wrap it up but yeah no it was super fun joining with you guys so thanks for having me on it of, of course. course anytime thank you <laughs> mm-hmm. and says we're the star and sunshine would he be like the moon or something like how perfect yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you brighten up the the world in the dark yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, until next time. Shine bright. Always. <laughs> and stay warm. Yes, especially stay warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this episode and that you like this slightly new format of us having guests on each episode from this point forward. So stay tuned next week to see who we have on that episode. Also, please DM us for any content idea recommendations as to subject matter and what you think of our episodes so far thank you so much and continue to shine bright my lovelies ta-ta